Hi, this is Steve and Jen, and welcome back to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. Hi, Jen. Hey, Steve. Tonight we're going to be talking about episode 1.6, The Slutty Pumpkin. Um, I think we mentioned last week, I wasn't terribly excited about rewatching this one, and uh, it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability for me, but I looked at it, it actually did fairly well in my rankings. I have it all the way up at 78. Yeah. It's higher than I would have thought. And IMDb actually has it at 8.2 stars, which is pretty average, uh, as I guess as number 78 ranking is pretty average. And there was actually, I was trying to think why this was ranked higher than some other episodes that I look more forward to rewatching. And I, I guess it, it has a decent amount of little laughs in it. It's got a large number of good lines. I think as a whole, this this episode doesn't do much to move the story forward, but in general, there there were some good gags in it. Yeah, I had a few laugh out loud moments, and it's another one that I haven't seen in a while, so it was nice to revisit. Right, and there's there were a couple of things that you and I tend to borrow from a lot in real <laughs> life, and we'll we'll call those out as we get to them. So we open up, and I actually, as I lead this commentary, I only watch the TV version and not the Hulu version. So if there's things that uh, Jen points out that I might have missed, she watched the Hulu version. Um, if there's things that you think that I missed that were glaringly obvious, it might also be because I only watch the TV version. I tend to prefer the TV version because I can fast forward through the commercials as opposed to the Hulu in which I have to sit through the commercials. Yeah, but the commercials are only like 60 seconds yeah, but we're living in a new age where I don't know what to do for 60 seconds, and it drives me crazy. Pick up your phone and look at something. That's what I do. Sure, fair enough, and I, that's what I end up doing, but I still prefer the control of being able to fast-forward through the commercials. To each their own. So we start off in McLaren's. We have four of them sitting there. Marshall and Lily are really excited about their costumes for Halloween. Oh, I think I might have already caught something that wasn't on the TV version. Oh, go, go for it. <laughs> so it actually starts out with the kids. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was oh, wondering okay. if... The, I, I was getting, No, no, it, that wasn't on the TV version. Uh, okay. They skipped over that. Yeah, it was not... I mean, it was worth it to skip out on it. It was saying, like, oh, you guys know Aunt Robin loves dressing up, but it wasn't always that way. And so it didn't really make a lot of sense because I don't think we ever learn that Robin loves Halloween. Yeah, a little... Well, it's not retconning if they're saying it early on and it never comes true, but... All right. She did dress up. I can think of one Halloween episode with her dressing up, but yeah, I think it was a good cut. And also, her enjoying dressing up might have happened after the kids were born in, in years where we didn't see her. So, Marshall has a bad blue nipple joke. About last Halloween, I guess, whatever he was wearing exposed his nipples. Tarzan. Oh, that's right. Tarzan has blue nipple. Yeah. Um, again, we're in bad Marshall, bad Marshall episodes, and, and it will get better. So we, I look forward to that. Um, Barney points out why he likes Halloween, because it brings out women's inner hoe bag. Oh, God. Is that what he actually said? Yeah. And that <laughs> obviously didn't, that little scene didn't age very well. And he goes into how all costumes then become slutty costumes. And I, I kind of felt like this was a retake on the character Joey and Friends did this with all the costumes become dirty costumes. Yeah. So if you're a nurse, you're a dirty nurse and all that. Yeah, I don't I th- think it's anything earth-shatteringly new. 
Right. And, you know, they even kind of visit this in Mean Girls, where mm-hmm. it's just an excuse <laughs> for girls to, to dress scantily. And it might have been around the same time. It was Mean Girls. But is, is this still a thing? Like, is, has that aged out? Or girls? I think... It... I mean, I don't think they're all dressing up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg now or anything, <laughs> but... I mean, I imagine there's still some of this going on, especially at the younger age, where how would we know? We don't see kids that young on Halloween anymore. Right. No, I bet it's probably not as prevalent anymore, but I'm sure it still happens. Yeah. So it comes up that Robin is not coming out with them because she is going to be hanging out with her new, not boyfriend, but her new the new guy she's dating named Mike. Her new gentleman caller. Yeah. Lily wants to convince her to double date. Obviously, as we go along, we'll see that Lily is just desperate to have another couple to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, that leads to a really good episode further down the line. And we can relate. We don't really have a lot, you know, a go-to couple, you know, in the last year or so that we can kind of always do coupley things with. It's true. Move back, Vanessa and Eric. We miss you. Yes, and if you're in the Maryland, D.C. area <laughs> and you are a couple and looking for someone to hang out with, you could have lots of fun coming and hanging out with Jen and Steve. So <laughs> I don't know. That sounded weird. <laughs> we promise we're normal. <laughs> so Robin says she wants to dress up as naked people and stay home with him. That's sort of where they ended, at least on the sh- TV show, on the, the recording version. I don't know if there's more conversation, but we do see later that she acquiesces to Lily's persuasion and ends up showing up with Mike. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if there was anything more beyond that. The next thing in my notes is, you know, Ted comes in and starts talking about his plans. Right, and for some reason when he comes in, I don't know if you noticed it, but Marshall was talking way too loud to him. (laughs) Like, hey, Ted! And there was that weird cutting thing where, like, Marshall's against the wall, but then they're in the booth again. That was, I don't think we've seen that since, like, episode one or two. I still didn't notice it. Yeah. (laughs) I did, where I'm like, clearly they're in a booth. The booth is not next to the wall. And they're wondering, I, I, somehow somebody's wondering what Ted's plans are and everyone moans because they know what he does every Halloween, which is he goes back to the same party looking for, you know, the slutty pumpkin. And, and then we get s- some background on what the slut, who the slutty pumpkin was. And I like this. Like, it's, I think it's pretty sitcom-y, but I enjoyed it where, you know, Ted's trying to tell the story and the other three keep telling the story for him because apparently he's told it so many times that they have it all memorized now, too. Yeah, very tropey, but they the timing of this is done really well. And yeah. it's, they're starting to sort of, add, uh, you know, uh, gel better as a group. Yeah. But he, we go into a little bit of flashback. He's a hanging Chad, uh, <laughs> ask your parents, and he sees a girl dressed up in a slutty pumpkin costume, which we it, it, I can't picture it, even when they describe it, that it has... Strategic cutouts. <laughs> right. And I, I still couldn't picture that being attractive until they sort of show it later. And it's like, oh, okay, I kind of see that. <laughs> That's right. But it's sort of a desperate costume to turn a pumpkin costume into a slutty pumpkin. I mean, if it goes back to Barney's and Joey's theory. Yeah, I guess to so. make anything slutty or dirty or skanky for Halloween. He likes how she had her own drink that she invented called uh, the Tootsie Roll, which is made of Kahlua and root beer, which I gotta say doesn't sound bad. And I don't like root beer. I can't imagine that tastes good. I don't know. Isn't Kahlua like kind of milky? A little bit. It's sort of like 
A little like an iced coffee, but thicker. You don't see that many things with soda. So we're flashing back to Ted Marshall's um, that same night, and we see that that Marshall and Lily are Sonny and Cher, but they're cross-dressed for it, which was fine. Yeah. I thought Marshall looked a lot better than Lily did as... Marshall looked better <laughs> as Cher than Lily did as Sonny. Yeah, Marshall was pulling it off. Um, and then... And we have Snorty Bulldog in the background. Yeah, she starts to go nuts when we do this. I guess <laughs> maybe we don't talk to each other that much. Because she seems to sense when we're we're podcasting, and just starts to go nuts and go all over the place and have trouble finding a comfortable spot. Why aren't you paying attention to me? If you're talking, why am I not part of this interaction? So we we keep learning a little more about Slutty Pumpkin. Uh, he's trying to sell Marshall on her on the idea of her at least because she likes Star Wars and Marshall wants to know how she feels about Ewoks. He's for it, and you know Marshall is strongly in the Ewok camp. Now, Jen has not seen any of Star Wars. Do you know what an Ewok is? It's like a teddy bear-looking thing. Yes. But I don't know what purpose they serve. Apparently, they help. Well, they live... They were the native tribe, if you will, on a moon in which the the Empire had a, I guess, like a, a little base there, and they kept a lot of the important, like, information there. Or... I think it was that there was some sort of control of the Death Star's security shields. And if they could blow it up, the, the, the computer that held that, they could then attack the Death Star. And so every, all, all these ships are waiting to be able to get past the Death Star's shield. And they have to get into this facility on this moon. And as they're sort of landing there and trying to establish how they're going to what their strategy is going to be, they come across all these little Ewoks who at first are very, very uh, protective of their territory. Although I don't know how they've gotten around all those star, all those Empire troopers being there the whole time and working there. But anyways, they seem to react badly to the Star Wars crew. And eventually, yes, they team up and become friends. Ah. Okay. I, I will not go into that. It's long and convoluted how that happens. So my big question is, um, are penguins just black and white Ewoks? <laughs> well, here's the thing. It, in a few different episodes or movies of Star Wars, there's been a character or characters that have been there strictly for the kids. And, you know, it was Ewoks. And so it tends to be a little controversial because the hardcore fans don't like these little gimmicks that are made just for kids. But, you know, obviously the people that make Star Wars want to attract an audience. So, you know, obviously you get a lot more kids, you're going to get a lot bigger crowds, and you're going to sell a lot more, and then you got also toys to sell to kids later. So Jar Jar Binks later on was that sort of character that was supposed to appeal to kids. And again, very controversial. I don't think, though, anyone stuck up for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I think I think people my age and I'm in my early 40s have a fond memory of Ewoks because we were I was a kid when it right. came out and I wanted so an Ewok. Consumerism. And we find out later that uh, one of Barty's elementary school classmates claimed to have a pet Ewok, <laughs> but we'll get to that one much later. Also, she studied penguins in Antarctica with you know the uh, bird version of a, an Ewok. 
That's strange. She studied penguins in Antarctica. She's a marine biologist. Okay. I think I missed them saying that. Um, he got her number written down on a Kit Kat. And apparently Lily gave away the Kit Kat. And there's a really good scene of <laughs> Ted just attacking a kid in the hallways. <laughs> bag of candy looking for that Kit Kat. Right. And Instead of being like, hey, can I like see if there's any Kit Kats in there? Yeah. Explaining himself at all. <laughs> he just knocks the bag out of the kid's hand and, and dumps and, it out. Yeah, and is you know, without <laughs> as much protest from the mother as you would have expected would have happened. <laughs> the kid's scarred for life. He never gets treating again. I noticed that this scene, even though there's some of it's flashback, the McLaren scene is a really long scene. They're usually not at one location this long. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're at Ted and Marshall's in current time, and Lily and Marshall come out in the pirate and bird costume. That's the big surprise. Yep, and so this is Pirates of the Caribbean time, so pirates are apparently the hot costume of the, the season. Yeah, I, I like the parrot costume. I thought that was a, that was a clever one. And, and Marshall, I did think, looked strangely hot with the <laughs> eyeliner on. I mean, yeah. I've never an eyeliner. It works. Now, I imagine that pirates, real life pirates, in the you know, fourteen hundreds to seventeen hundreds, didn't actually wear eyeliner. I would imagine not, but I don't know. I think that was just a Johnny Depp <laughs> character um, flair. No, that's not the word. Well, he was doing a, he was doing some sort of homage to Keith Richards. Um, who wears right. eyeliner, so... Um, yeah, I think that is a Johnny Depp creation, not a pirate uh, history fact. I think guys look good in eyeliner. If there's a good reason to wear eyeliner, I think guys should do it. You want to borrow one? No, because there's not a good one for me to do it in. <laughs> Maybe you can be a pirate for Halloween. And here's a... Oh, you just missed... I set you up perfectly. <laughs> what was I supposed to respond with? But I don't want to be a pirate. Oh. <laughs> oh, man... <laughs> All right. I am not on my game tonight. You're right. I was just going to mention that you and I do not like dressing up. No, that's not our I think the most we've ever done is I I used to wear little devil horns, and you wore a halo one year, and we were the angel and devil, and everyone thought that was so appropriate. Hey, we put um, giraffe ears on last year. When our our five-year-old was a giraffe. Um, So, anywho... Moving on, we find out that the, the prize for the contest is $50, <laughs> even though they spent, a hundred, uh, what is it, $200 on their costumes. Yeah, 100 each. <laughs> I can't do a good parrot impression. As they're talking, Lily has to pee. Marshall has to go with her. He says it's an elaborate costume. Oh, see, this is why I don't like dressing up. If, if we ever dressed up and you wore a costume where I had to go help you go to the bathroom. No. That's... that's Hard pass. Yeah. That, that's a conversation ender. We hear some music coming from outside. Ted opens the door. There's Barney there with uh, Highway... Uh, highway... What is it? Danger Zone? Danger Zone, yeah. Yeah. Highway to the Danger Zone or whatever it is uh, from... Top Gun. Top Gun. And he's wearing a Top Gun type flight outfit. And it's pretty good. He's got the sunglasses on. Yeah. It's a good entrance. Do we even see a radio? Yeah, he goes back and gets it oh, okay. after he makes his appearance. I forgot to look out for that. <laughs> No, it's good. I like it. And then he starts to make a couple Top Gun references, and yeah. he wants he wants 
Ted to be his wingman, and then we Flight get... suit up. Right, I was going to mention that. We're getting into <laughs> all the different suit-up scenarios. He wants him to go to a Victoria's Secret party. Right. Well, and also he doesn't want him to be the hanging chat again. Yeah. I'll get into this, and probably more so when we go to the party on the roof, but I find Ted to be extremely irritated in this episode. It's just, you know, the sort of pitiful Ted that <laughs> shows up every once in a while where he's so headstrong on, this is just who I am, and... You know what? Yeah, and that's why you're alone. Instead and, of going out to meet actual women that he will be able to talk to, he waits around for a person who he knows is not going to show up. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, neither of them stand a chance at a Victoria's Secret party, <laughs> especially if Barney's going to come out with lines like getting laid right. and horny devil. But, you know, actually when they do end up going to, it was a Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. or just a model with a lot of parties, they actually had conversations with women. I mean, except for Barney messing it up. This is obviously much later. <laughs> Barney had the yips. Yeah, actually, it's probably not that much later. No, I think it's... It might be this... No. It's know. when they it's start soon-ish. going to the gym and Barney's... Okay, so yeah, that's after yeah. Ted and Robin break up, so that's a while, yeah. All right, Robin enters. Mike is meeting them there. My, or it tells them Mike's meeting them there. Mike comes dressed up. He does show up. He comes dressed up as Hansel. And i got to say, this was just a perfect choice because you can see her, like, <laughs> you know, like she do goes a couple and her saying, oh, yeah, sure, why don't we do Hansel and Gretel? Or, and then him taking <laughs> her seriously and not realizing that she's uh, being ironic. Yeah. Tone does not come across an email. It's not a problem we have solved yet. <laughs> and he, he looks quite effeminate in this outfit. That's why it's done so well because it really doesn't make him look good. Right, and it's not... As a titular boyfriend. Right, but it's also, like, some costumes you can pull off as just a single costume, but this was clearly meant to be a couple's costume. A couple, yeah. (laughs) So he just looks like an idiot because he's the only one. And the wig doesn't... I mean, that's really the killer is the wig. (laughs) The later hosen aren't as bad as just, you know, when you throw that, that, you know... I don't even know what to call that haircut. (laughs) So we go to the rooftop. And I like the line Barney says, I can't believe you talked me into this. Ted says, <laughs> I didn't. You just followed me up here. And then, pretty much sums up Ted and Barney's relationship, I think. And I thought this was just on their roof because they talk about their roof so much that... Yeah, that's not their roof. Well, well, we'll get back to that. Then we have, apparently it's a big Yale reunion. Yeah, why? I don't know. <laughs> How did they get invited to this? I don't, that's why I would think it would be on their roof, because like, hey, did you notice there's going to be a party on the roof, and they just go, or maybe right. there's something posted in their building. But I get the impression later that it's not their roof, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. But, and also, as Barney points out, I think a little bit later, like, Ted doesn't actually know anybody at this party. Right, and we get, we get this acapella group called the Shagarax. And this supposed to mean something? I don't know what that is. Probably. I didn't take time to break it down. Okay. I, I really need to, to spend some time on that one. And if, if anyone out there has an, some ideas, go ahead and write in and we'll, we'll talk about them. Recaps at gmail.com. And eventually a Facebook page and eventually Twitter. Yeah, we have Twitter. Oh, we do? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but there's, okay, so they're singing My Body Lies Over the Ocean. You know, if maybe we've been spoiled by a lot of acapella movies lately <laughs> where we've seen really good acapella performances but my body lies over the ocean. That's just horrible. 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure acapella was super lame until Pitch Perfect came out. That could be, but I think, like, Andy on The Office did it, and they seem to have sort of more of a repertoire. Maybe. My guess is, from a production perspective, uh, they did My Body Lies Over the Ocean because that's a free song. You don't have to pay anybody for it. How about the Charlie Brown song? Charlie Brown? Yeah, later they had the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I don't know, but there's no words to that. I think if you're just humming it, maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good point. I didn't even notice them doing that. By the way, fun fact: I can play that on the piano, and my son Tyler loves it when I do. That is a fun fact. We're back at McLaren's, and Mike really wants to be a couple, and Robin really could care less. <laughs> it's so awkward, and poor Lily and Marshall are just bearing the brunt of this awkwardness. And this is a lot, you and I tend to have a lot of fun with some of these lines <laughs> when we're in these sort of similar situations. But Mike is trying to talk about how much time they're spending together and we even finish each other's. <laughs> she's just busy eating her cheeseburger. Yeah, he wants her to say sentence. She's not. And then he sort of, this cheeseburger thing jumps back in and says, it's really good. <laughs> See, we're finishing each other's sentences. I like Mike. He's really good. Although he, maybe he is a little bit Clingy. Yeah, he's a little bit... For only having been dating for a couple weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, he's really trying to dive into this couple thing, like trying to keep up with Lily and Marshall. And... and he's not reading the tea leaves here with Robin, that she's not really interested in that. Yeah. In fact, it seems like she's kind of just using him for sex right now. Mm, it's possible. Because she didn't want to go out, she just wanted to stay home with him, and even when the night goes poorly, she's still... Still ready to go Yeah. Home. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe she's not reading the tea leaves either of, like... Okay, you've been super rude to this guy all night. He's probably not going to want to continue this relationship. Marshall and Lily are doing their sharing food thing, and we don't see a lot of this later on, but apparently they <laughs> it's a contest of who ordered the best right. food each time. And, and the then food beats each other up? I didn't quite understand. Yeah. Uh, metaphorically, your, your choice kicked my choice's ass, I suppose. And then Mike tries to get in on this and have <laughs> Robin eat a piece of his chicken. And you and I love this because we always reference it. But I'm, I'm just really, really feeling this cheeseburger here. And I am really Team Robin on this one because Jen will do this to me a lot. And, and it doesn't bother me, but, she, you know, I'm eating, we go out and I'm eating my meal that I chose, really enjoying it. It's really good. And she says, here, you want to taste of my dish? And I say, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to be just hungry really enough. really feeling this? Yeah. Well, I say that, but just true to life, I'm hung, I'm hungry enough to eat all of my meal. And if I have a bite of yours, that's going to take away from me finishing what is really delicious <laughs> and in front of me right now. So I'm really Team Robin on that one because I, I totally get what she's saying. <laughs> it's a real thing. I mean, I don't. Do I offer you all that often to share my food? With some frequency when we're out, yes. I guess I'm just a good wife. You are. I, I'm not saying it's a bad quality to have. I just, I always turn it down, just like she does. And it's not me rejecting you. It's me rejecting a meal that I never wanted. But what if it's really good? Yeah, that doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> just kind of in the zone. <laughs> really feeling this cheeseburger. And finally, Lily can't handle it anymore, and she just takes the chicken. <laughs> yeah, she's she has to clear the awkwardness out. We jump back to the roof, and now we're getting to a place where we're going to jump back and forth a lot. We're back on the roof. Barney's hitting on a girl in a hula costume and does this really lame 
how does a guy get laid joke. And she's the funny thing is she's kind of into him when he introduces himself to her, and then he rattles that humdinger off, and, and right away she's turned off. And I, I feel like this is early show Barney stuff, uh, whereby later he's actually pretty good at picking up on women. Right. He has a lot of schemes and clever plots and Plays. such. And not, and not just lame, horrible pickup lines. So this is sort of an... This is a trait that, that changes. and Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Thank you, Jen. He really still wants to go... He's still trying to talk Ted into going to the yacht. And, you know, he said, you know who's, who is going to be on that yacht? The Barnacle. I kind of <laughs> like that self-nickname for him. And then Ted calls him out on it. So. Really? The Barnacle? We're in the girls' bathroom next at McLaren's. And... I like this. Robin asks Lily, do you, so do you like Mike? And Lily's like, do you like Mike? That was a really good turnaround writing on that. <laughs> so then we get into this, you know, typical Lily and somebody else conversation where, you know, she's trying to convince her what a great life it is. Lily's trying to talk or sell Robin on the, you know, once you're inside this couple thing and starting acting all sweet, I know it looks dumb from the outside, but it feels really good from the inside. So Robin agrees, okay. I'll try something. Lily suggests dessert. <laughs> Share a dessert. It's, <laughs> but it better be the, the brownie sundae. I'm just saying. Which we just had at Friday. I would say we just shared a brownie sundae. With our son. A great job. Yes. <laughs> but did we reference, oh, I think, I think we made it all the way through that brownie sundae without referencing anything from that scene. That's surprising. Wow. I think I didn't realize it was a brownie sundae until rewatching it. I think so too. Brownie Sunday is one of my favorites. I prefer like the molten lava mm. when it has like the melted chocolate inside yeah. of it. They do that at Morton's Steakhouse. So good. Yeah, that's my favorite. But uh, the like the brownie being heated up and fresh out of the oven, that's a pretty close. You can never go wrong with Brownie Sunday. I hear Tyler cracking up in his room. It's past his bedtime. We put him to bed already, but he reads himself to sleep. And sometimes what he reads makes him laugh so hard <laughs> that you can kind of hear him giggling to himself. Really, something's really funny up there. All right, we are now back on the roof, and Barney's back in a new costume. He's dressed as a devil, and I like how he's not even like trying to get Ted's attention. He's just standing there <laughs> fixing himself a drink or something. He hasn't come and reapproached Ted at all. <laughs> then here's why I think they're not on their roof because Ted says he has to really go to the bathroom. But the bathroom line is really long. So why wouldn't uh, he just go down to his apartment? Yeah, that's a good point. This might have just been a writing device to get this other guy that's on the roof who's dressed as an angel to be right. on his opposing shoulder from Barney. And then they get the sort of... We're going to take a break here because Tyler's laughing <laughs> so loud that it's really having it's really taking me out of it. So we'll be right back. And this is where sponsors will come in when we have sponsors. So we got to the bottom of the giggle attack up there. <laughs> he was playing with his doll, Nicholas. It's a baby doll. Yes, our boy plays with a baby doll. And I couldn't be prouder of him. But apparently Nicholas was... <laughs> Knocking on his head and Tyler would tell him, Nicholas, I'm not a door. And Nicholas would say, ah. And that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> He's special. Yes, he is. All right, so we, we get the scene where Barney's a devil and this other guy in another costume's a an angel and Barney's trying to talk Ted from the devil position to pee off of the roof because he can't wait for the bathroom line. 
And I just, I think them having Ted not on his roof or on his roof doesn't matter. I think this was just simply to get this little gag going. And yeah. they, they close it in a funny way where, you know, Barney calls the angel who says not to be off the roof a goody two-shoes. The angel's like, whatever. Do you guys have any weed? <laughs> We're back at McLaren's. And Lily calls Marshall Marshmallow, and Robin struggles to give Mike a, a cute nickname and goes with Mike, Mike, microwave oven. <laughs> We're back to the roof. See, these are quick cuts here. Barney reapproaches the Hula Girl with the devil outfit, has another horrible line to deliver with being a horny devil. She doesn't recognize him from being the same guy as before. And he's like starting to, to get places. Like he's, you know. Offers to make her a drink, she accepts, and then he blows it. Yeah, he sort of makes fun of the last guy that hit on her, which was him. And she, <laughs> right. and she appreciates that. I like how the, the angel's kind of laughing at him as he gets rejected. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had that in my notes, too. And he tells the angel to go to hell, which was okay. <laughs> They're back at McLaren's, and Mike wants to talk about desserts and wants to talk about it. Tiramisu they found at a little <laughs> Italian restaurant. And this sets off sort of a back and forth. We love tiramisu. Is it really a group activity? <laughs> so she really she becomes very strong, strongly against him calling them a we, and he, he's you know he continues to try and do it. Oh, it's so painful. Yeah, but funny. Yes. I thought this was a really good scene. And so in the middle of this, they're still sharing the dessert, kind of going back and forth. Like Robin eats it for a minute, and then Mike eats it for a minute. And then I guess after this conversation, Robin's just done. And so, is this where she, like, distracts him and then she oh, starts scarfing that, it down? Is that Gary Oldman? <laughs> just starts scarfing. So that's typically the line we use when we share dessert. I, I don't think we ever remember it's Gary Oldman. No, but they just, like, look, look over there kind of thing. We're back on the roof, and I gotta say, Ted is extremely annoying in this scene. He goes into this speech about, you know, how the girl represents hope, and that's why he keeps doing this. And it's like, dude, just go to a party and meet another girl. Right. It's been four years. As Barney said, lots of things could have happened. So Barney says he is going to leave, he's going to go to the party, and, and <laughs> I've done, I think I've done this to you, where, <laughs> where Ted goes, all right, see ya. <laughs> Barney goes, no, see ya. Like, that's a strong comeback because he's so annoyed with Ted. And then he does a... And then tries to do a fire spark from his hands. And I don't do that part with you. Not to confuse the audience. I do the see ya. Um, in fact, I remember I did it to you. And you're like, what's that from? I was like, I can't remember. It's from something. And then I finally figured out it was Barney. That's right. From from How I Met Your Mother that did it. I feel like Barney's magic gets better, too. It wasn't real good here. <laughs> yeah, and Neil Patrick Harris is a magician in real life, so... It's funny to start to see some of the things from his real life seep into the character. Mm-hmm. We go to the roof. No, wait. We go back to McLaren's. And Robin feels like it's time for her and Mike to go back to his place. And Mike does the... Uh, she, she said, are we breaking up? And he, she uses the we now. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, I'm breaking up with you. Which was very Seinfeld-esque, the whole... That's true. I'm breaking up <laughs> with you. Although this one's much, much better delivered. <laughs> we go to the roof. Now Ted sees someone in a, in a penguin costume. And here's the Charlie Brown music. You're really good at that. Thank you. I've heard it on the piano so many times. You should, you should do a cappella. 
so it's sort of funny because Barney, as as we're not sure who this is in the in the penguin costume, he's sort of moving very contemplatively, like very purposefully, and sort you mean of Ted? no Barney in the penguin oh, in costume. The penguin. <laughs> Where it's not just like someone modeling around in a penguin costume. If you notice his movements, like very strategic. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's good pantomime. Ted approaches the penguin and starts to you know deliver the I think you're the person I'm looking for speech and then Barney takes off the 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 head and it's Barney and he says he penguin suited up so we get another one there <laughs> it's a good one I like it the hula girl spots him in the penguin outfit and I guess he successfully got her phone number because she's like wait that was you you're the same guy in that lame lame army guy outfit <laughs> <laughs> no that guy was a kick-ass fighter pilot <clears throat> I like the back and forth here where she says, give me back the number. No, I got a fair and square. Well, I'm not going to go out with you. How will you know it's me? I'm a master of disguise. That was a good good exchange. <laughs> also, how was he talking to her through the penguin costume? <laughs> yeah. That was weird that he was able to pick her up through that. And that's that, why we didn't see it. And give her credit. She was willing to go out with somebody based on personality. Oh, yeah, that's true. Without having to even get to see what he looks like. Good for you, hula girl. <laughs> Aloha, hula girl. <laughs> so we're back at McLaren's. Robin's alone. Marshall and Lily win the contest. Marshall's uh, identified as the gay pirate, <laughs> which he starts to object to and says, who cares? Dude, you're wearing eyeliner. Then we're back on the roof, and Ted is sort of pitifully sitting on the ground here, leaning up against the wall. The party's clearly winding down, and... Robin comes in and they have this long philosophical conversation where, you know, we've, we've seen this so many times before and just, what are we in, five episodes in? <laughs> where Ted's talking about how he believes in this and Robin's, you know, admires that he has that belief but doesn't have it, yada yada. Uh, it's over. And is it canon that Robin never played team sports? Wasn't she on a hockey team? That's true, yeah. We later find out that she was a big, big into hockey. We only know that she was on one team. And we never hear about her playing tennis ever again. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that. I think Robin has a lot of backstory all intermingled. There's a lot of things that she needed to accomplish in, like, 15 years. I guess. She is... I think she has one of the better backstory reveals. Oh, She yeah, has one of the amazing. more interesting <laughs> upbringings. So, next week we have The Matchmaker... The matchmaker. So there's a couple of things that I do like from the matchmaker. First of all, the Barney when he goes into <laughs> to apply to be in this matchmaking <laughs> system, and then also we have the cockamouse. Oh, the cockamouse. Yeah, so that's that's a good storyline. Alright, well, thanks everyone for joining us. And Ooh, short episode this week. Yeah, but I, I have a special sign off. Oh, I can't wait. So we look forward to (laughs) podcasting again next week about The Matchmaker. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to it. (laughs) That was a good one.